That's I, bullshit. I swear to God, I, that is so lame with the glasses. I'm not even going to get into that right now because that's just dumb. But it makes perfect Does sense. Does no one ever say to him, huh, you kind of look like Superman. Exactly. Did he never tell you that? It's so fucking dumb. That is because why would Superman's ever. not hiding? He doesn't have a mask. Like, why would they think he has a secret know, identity? But, but the He's thing got is, no though, Dave, He's Superman. We all have like our own way about us, our own smells for crying out loud. If I if I hang out with you, as soon as I walk into your your room or your house or hang out, I smell David, just like you smell Justin. And Lois would recognize Clark's scent and Superman's scent in a heartbeat. That's just the way we are as people. We have an odor about us. And, <laughs> and when it's all said and done, she would recognize that. But she can't. She can't say something because she's like, "Hey, you smell like Superman." But how the fuck you know what Superman smells like? You cheating on me? Now, I'll, I'll give you that Lois Lane should know. You know. She's this intrepid reporter. She's this great investigative journalist. And she spends a large amount of time with both men. You know, And a lot of times, Lois, a lot of Superman comics, Lois Lane does now. Motherfucker, Jimmy Olsen should recognize him, too, because he takes 100 photos of the man. <laughs> but he doesn't smell him because he's far away. I know, but the face, the features, it's He there. flies too fast. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I, I'm with you on Lois. Lois should know, but I understand, like... I wouldn't think that Clark Kent was Superman because I wouldn't think Superman has a secret identity. I, I would just assume he's fucking Superman I, all the time. I, why would he? Be, why would he be someone else? Because if you were Superman, why would you pretend to be somebody else? He's like, like Bruce Wayne is pretending to be Batman. He puts on a costume and becomes Batman. Superman doesn't need to do that. Well, he pretends, but at the same time, Batman. I, I feel like, and a Robin for crying out loud. He's just got <laughs> this little eye mask. It doesn't make any sense. He should have a giant bird helmet. Is what he should have. <laughs> He'd be like, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I get it. This crap is terrible. I was titillated. I know you want to go. No, I slept with like three girls a night. No one ever said anything. Dude. Oh God, you guys are disgusting. Alright. So boring. <laughs> that is an amazing film. Ooh, I love me some Statham. That's a little bit of brilliance that just came out of your mouth there, Justin. I like it. Do you want to keep going? Welcome back, boys and girls, to another fun episode of the Geek Legacy Podcast. David here, and I am with uh, Justin, Randy, and Amanda. How are you guys doing today? Good. Fabulous! I am happy to be back with you guys. Awesome. I'm Early. Glad. Yeah. <laughs> Start to finish. Yeah, Randy's going to be here the whole time, mm-hmm. and... Uh, course he chose today because we're going to do uh, a lot of star wars talk today we're going to talk about the news about the expanded universe getting axed and uh, really kind of catch you up on what you may have missed with star wars episode 7 rumors but we want to kick it off with some uh, big news from our friends at dc so justin why don't you get us started all right i can do that turns out your boyfriend mr Zack snyder is going to be directing the justice league movie after batman versus superman how do you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> I feel that he's not content ruining like one comic book person at a time. He wants to just group them all together and then collectively shit on all of them. Oh, that's that's intense. I like it. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I can't say that was straight face anymore. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So this is going to be interesting, and I'm curious how this is going to play out because. I think there's a lot of people that, like you, are angry with with Mr. Zack Snyder after uh, Man of Steel. And there's already people that are hating on Batman vs. Superman before it's even come out. Most specifically because of casting choices. Those obviously being Ben Affleck and uh, Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. 
And so now he has to win us over with that. And then at the same time, he's got to come up with this super mega power movie of the Justice League. And and this is totally doable in that uh, if they tap into the the Warner Brothers, uh, the CW shows with like uh, with Arrow and the Flash, you know, we don't have to worry about any origin stories. It's already their characters have already been established. So that's fine. Uh, it wouldn't take much to intertwine them into the, the cinematic universe. Uh, our buddy Tim Byers over at uh, Fool.com wrote an awesome piece uh, before this news came out saying that it would be neat if you were to tie these in together by just having something like Lois Lane coming on to Arrow and doing some kind of piece on the Green Arrow and then the Flash just to kind of introduce them into the, the cinematic universe. That would totally work. And um, I'm just curious uh, what you thought about that. Do you like the idea of of this whole TV show? TV universe and the cinematic universe crossing paths. Obviously, it seems to be working somewhat with Agents of Shield and and Marvel. So I don't see why it can't work with DC. Yeah, I mean, I could see it working. My my concern is everything's working so good at Marvel with the cinematic universe and to a smaller extent the television universe because they have Kevin Feige and he is he is running the Marvel entertainment wing of what we're seeing on the big screen and the small screen. And he has a vision and he has it mapped out for like the next like 10 years and everything channels through him and he is keeping this universe tight. When you go to the Warner Brothers side, they were kind of grooming Christopher Nolan to do it. You know, he did the Batman trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, and he produced, he executive produced Man of Steel and he co-wrote it. And it looked like they were passing the baton to him. And since Man of Steel 2 seems to be so in flux, he's kind of stepped away from a lot of his responsibilities. And now it looks like with the announcement that Zack Snyder is going to direct Justice League, is they're trying to pigeonhole Zack Snyder into like the holder of the grail. They're trying to make him the Kevin Feige of DC. And I mean, he makes flashy films, and but he just doesn't strike me as a big picture guy. And But I mean, trust me, no one wants to be more wrong, wants me to be wrong more than me. Like, I hope that Justice League just kills it, hits it out of the park, and is amazing. I just, I have a lot of reservations, and ironically, none of them are casting. Like, I don't mind Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he'll be fine. You know, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. I'm sure that'll be, that'll be fine. She, I liked her in the Fast and the Furious movies, and I'm not an idiot who's going to be like, that girl's too skinny to be in movies. I'm like, that, when's the last time you heard someone say something stupid like that? But, I don't have a problem with what I'm hearing casting-wise. All my concerns come from the people behind this, behind the camera. So I don't know. What did you think, Randy? I don't even have a horse in the race. <laughs> you mean you're not going to see the movie? I uh, I don't really care. I mean, I'm I'm interested, but <laughs> I'm. Not... That's okay. You, know, you don't have to be. It's I'm, fine. I'm 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 happy with how the Marvel movies are going. I'm not going to even concern myself with DC right now. Do you think it's fair for us to even compare the two? Should DC try and do their own thing and not worry about what Marvel's doing? Or do you think that they should try and and build on the Marvel model? How long have they been trying to make a Justice League movie? Forever. A long time. And it's only now seeming, seeming to gain any kind of traction because of the fact that the Avengers has, big, has been as big as it was. But that took a lot of planning and a lot of individual solo movies in multiple phases to get to that point. And I don't know, it almost seems like DC could be 
kind of rushing to to jump on the bandwagon without necessarily granted they've got all the tv stuff that's building up those characters but i don't know i just don't know if if the tv and cinematic crossover is going to work and i don't I, I watch arrow i enjoy arrow but i don't see the fanatical i don't get the fanatical devotion that i see to it at conventions and online and stuff like that it's okay it's mediocre i don't think it's great and i don't know if you want to bring that onto the big screen and share a screen with fucking Batman and Superman? I don't know. Yeah, I could see The Flash from the TV show maybe making it onto the, the move. I, but I just think that they're going to want to keep their team at like five. You know, five work for the Avengers. They're gonna, or five or six. They're going to want to keep their, their team small. And so they got obviously they have to have Superman, have to have Batman, have to have Wonder Woman. And I mean, then when you're rounding out the last two or three spots, I mean, really, Green Lantern... Flash just seem to be like the most obvious choices to have. Like you have these five people. If it, this movie hits big, you know you easily can launch off into another Batman franchise. You can easily launch off into a Green Lantern franchise, a Wonder Woman franchise, and you know you, then you can continue the Man of Steel franchise as well. But I don't know. I just I, I I don't think they're rushing it so much as that they just they know they're late to the party and now they have to kind of you know. Marvel was able to take chances. They had Iron Man come out, and then they made, you know, they made Thor, and it was a completely different movie from Iron Man. They made Captain America, which is a completely different movie from those two. And then because of the, of the success of those films, they're able to branch out into the huge movie that was The Avengers, to where DC isn't really going to be able to test the waters as much. You know, they're going to, they seem to be a singular tone to where the beauty of the Marvel, like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a completely different tone than any other film that's come out. And I think that's what's going to, if everything stays the course, I think that's really what's going to separate Marvel from DC and the film universe is that DC seems very linear and focused on one particular tone, which is the Christopher Nolan tone, which, you know, has done them well so far. You know, <laughs> if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, to where Marvel is just taking more chances, I think. Exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so much so that I'm done talking about it. Done. <laughs> Over. <laughs> Maybe you're not completely done with it. You might have, you might have one more thing. Uh, I, well, I guess uh, a couple things, actually. Uh, one, we have uh, Mr. Ray Fisher is going to be joining the Batman vs. Superman uh, cast as a cyborg. He's not going to have a huge role, but he will definitely be introduced, and then his role will then uh, expand in later movies which could quite possibly be the Justice League, since he is, in fact, a member. And then there is also these rumblings about uh, Matt Damon was approached to be Aquaman at one point. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know how people... I could see it, but I don't know how anyone <laughs> could even remotely take it seriously. I think Aquaman should just stay away from the big screen altogether. I think that there's a place for him in comic books, but not so much on the big screen. Agreed. The place for him is generally the butt of jokes. Yeah. And especially even in his own comic, it's that way too. I didn't believe the press release when I got it. Like I, uh, I waited for like five other sites to post it before I put it on our site. Like just assuming <laughs> that like it was just this was elaborate joke, joke. Yeah, from someone who like was quitting Warner Brothers and was like, screw Warner Brothers, Matt Damon is Aquaman. Right. It's like something <laughs> you would see at like the checkout at a grocery store right. on some tabloids. Some terribly like photoshopped like orange shirt on him or something. Yeah. And that's all I got in DC news, but I do believe we have some Marvel news. 
Oh yeah, what we got going on in Marvel there? Uh, Daredevil on the Netflix day. It's going to take place in the same cinematic universe as all the other crap that's out there. It's exciting. And by crap, you mean awesome, awesome stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good kind of crap. But I'm excited about that. I uh, can't remember the last time I was excited about anything that involved Daredevil, but for whatever reason, I think I just like the idea that I can watch all the episodes at once. I think yeah. I, I really buy into this Netflix model, and uh, I'm super excited about that. Because we've all agreed that if if an episode sucks, it's okay because you know there's another one that you can watch immediately after that might make up for it. Yeah, I, I think that mm-hmm. helps ease the pain of a shitty episode if you don't have to wait seven days to see the next one. But if you watch a bunch of shitty episodes in a row, then it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think these get mad. I had that problem allows... with... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it allows the, the writers and the, the just the creatives working on the shows to put in a lot more subtext and stuff like that, because if you're going to be watching more episodes back to back to back, you'll be able to catch little slight nods or foreshadowing what's going to happen in the, in the future episodes. And it's a lot more difficult to pick up on that when you have to wait weeks in between episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it helps with exposition, too, to where they don't have to do as much recap every episode. I know you want to be able to have someone watch one episode and instantly know everything but you know with serialized dramas that take place you know in the traditional format you know they kind of have to remind you a lot either in the previously on or <laughs> do you remember two weeks ago when blah blah did blah blah that's exactly how it is it's that in your face <laughs> yeah so that should be pretty cool i'm excited i am too have to keep that netflix around yeah even though it's gonna go up a dollar or two after a generous amount of time. <laughs> right. Moving on. Are we are we done with all that crap? Uh, I think so, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add before we got into the Star Wars. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> Not Justice League related. Justice League is stupid. People forget that. Justice League is <laughs> Okay, I, I want to say I want to say one more thing about Justice League real quick before right. we move on. Let's fucking hear, and, Randy. Both barrels. Right. I want to hear honest truth. Just fucking whip your dick out and tell us. To me, it just feels more juvenile, and maybe that's because the only stuff that I've I've never like read any Justice League books or anything. I saw some animated uh, TV series episodes, maybe, and that's really my only exposure to Justice League. So to me, it just feels so much more juvenile than than our our that. Well, <laughs> I'm kind of backtracking here, but. It, I mean, it seems more juvenile than the Avengers, but then again, when I look at Marvel's other offerings, like the Guardians of the Galaxy with fucking Rocket Raccoon, I don't, don't know. Don't you be Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. I don't know. Uh, I, I have to say that the trailer looks amazing, so I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too hypercritical because they're freaking comic book movies, and I guess they're okay to be juvenile. Right, and that's just it, though. Like... With, with Iron Man, it was so fun and, and festive, and I had a really good time, and I was smiling every second it was on in the movie theater. And then that same summer, you're watching The Dark Knight, and it's just, it's creepy, it's dark, it's not funny, it's sad and depressing. And it's an emotional commitment. And there's two very mm-hmm. different movies, yet they're both comic book movies. And I personally, I think I'm more a fan of the Marvel route. Like I like feeling good when I'm watching the movie. Yeah, it's just more fun. It just feels yeah. like more fun. So, I mean, Justice League, at some point, they're going to have to not take themselves too seriously because when you look at all the characters involved, the only one that's even remotely you know, dark and mysterious is Batman. 
And he's a fish out of water with all those other fruitcakes. With their bright uniforms and looking all crazy. And then, and like, their their base is up in space. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like Justice League. It's dumb. Well, well, well Zack Snyder <laughs> sure is going to fix that. I'm sure there'll be no space and lots of slow-mo speed up. Yeah. They're going to need Probably a lot cave. <laughs> yeah. those sweeping shots of, not a dolly of Leonidas, I mean, Batman. <laughs> right. And fighting in slow motion and then fast motion. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm totally with you when you're talking about the tone. Like I love the Marvel tone. I mean, even like like Captain America: Winter Soldier. Captain America is arguably a bucket of boring, but the movie's got so many funny parts that, like, the jokes just don't like they actually work. I don't know. I don't know if it's if Anthony Mackie's funny and a couple other people, but I don't know. I found myself laughing when I watched Captain America: Winter Soldier. I thought it was really good. And uh, and the uh... The choreography, the fight scenes are just incredible. Every time that, he threw a shield, I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> and you could tell what was happening, like, yeah. like all, like it was all clear as day. Like I knew what was happening, and what was really nice was that I knew where everybody was. Like you know how so many fight scenes where like you can't like was he to the left, was he to the right? Like I all I always knew like where the Winter Soldier was, where Falcon was, where Captain America was, where Scarlet Wh- or Black Widow was. And uh, it just made it so much more fun. I'm like, oh, you better watch out. Winter Soldier's over there, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, no, you didn't. I enjoyed it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> got. It's a good movie. We're done. Tawa. All right. It's a dark day for Star Wars Expanded Universe fans everywhere, as Disney and Lucasfilm have announced that pretty much anything that wasn't taking place in the movies or the TV shows is now completely non-canon. That means video games, comics, uh, books, none of those stories that you've been reading for the last 20 or so years count anymore. And nobody has read any more of the Expanded Universe than our man David. How are you taking the news, buddy? I'm actually taking it great. (laughs) Because I don't buy, you know... I don't buy into what Disney is trying to sell us. I pick. I, I view the upcoming Disney films as non-canon. I view my <laughs> expanded universe, my games, my comics, my books, my role-playing games, everything as canon as Lucas had originally envisioned it before he sold out for four and a half billion dollars. Not that I blame the man. I would sell out for far less than four and a half billion dollars <laughs> with a B. But I, I kind of picture I, I, what I'm doing is exactly what Abrams did to Star Trek. You know, this is just splintering off. And you know what? His splintering off doesn't exist in my Star Wars. Doesn't mean I'm not going to love the shit out of his movies. Doesn't mean they're not going to be great. Just means that they're this little pocket universe. You know, he's they're going to make, you know, six, seven, eight, however many movies they're going to make are going to exist in this Disney Star Wars verse. And I'm still going to have my Lucas verse. And in my Lucas verse is my not is heir to the Empire is all. Grand Admiral Thrawn in all his glory, Kotor. I got, I got Shadows of the Empire. I got my Marvel comics. I got all my Dark Horse comics. I got all my awesome shit, and it still counts. I don't care what that stupid mouse at Disneyland says. <laughs> but I, you know, I'll still see Episode Seven, Eight, Nine, Ten, Fourteen, whatever they put out. <laughs> and just so everybody listening knows what we're talking about, whenever we mention the expanded universe specifically, it's anything that didn't take place on a big or small screen. Basically, Star Wars and any other medium that you can get it is pretty much, it just doesn't count now. 
That's all right. the expanded universe. And I think when it comes to the small screen, I think they're really only counting Clone Wars. And, and Rebels, the new show. And, yeah, and Rebels. Right. I think Ewoks, droids, the you know the Ewok movies. <laughs> I, I didn't really count any anyway. Ewok <laughs> Adventures and the Holiday Special. All of those are considered expanded universe. Right. So yeah, Clone Wars and like Justin said, Rebels will count. And then obviously episodes one through six. That's a shame. Now, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here because... I give David a hard time about the expanded universe a lot. And that's only because I'm jealous because I've never actually taken the time to read all those books. And I wish I had, but the ones that I did read, Oh my God, they were a magical thing that got me through a very dark time. And I'm specifically talking about the Thrawn trilogy by uh, Timothy Zahn, heir to the empire. Um, the, the introduction of grand Admiral Thrawn and Mara Jade and so many really cool characters that came out in the early nineties when there was absolutely nothing star Wars going on. And I was an awkward teenager in high school who was still heavily into star Wars. And I was like one of maybe two kids that were, and, uh, I just needed some sort of outlet for it. And all of a sudden, boom, there were those books and I got so involved in them and, it it was it that was that was the only source of star wars in the early 90s and it was amazing and uh i i didn't read like i said nearly as much of the expanded universe stuff as david has but it's kind of kind of a disappointment to me because i always thought in my mind if there ever was going to be a 7 8 9 it would be those Thrawn trilogy of books because they were so amazing and so true to the characters and it felt so cinematic in just the way that the stories were presented it's it's kind of a bummer to me that all those great characters and all those rich stories are just going to be kind of tossed aside. It's great that we're getting new stories and it's great that the original cast or so many of the original cast members are coming back, but I don't know. Right now it's also important to note that they can pull from any of these resources if they choose to. Right. Um, they just aren't necessarily going to be recreating that source material, like, you know, verbatim. And it's going to be... So I would imagine, you know, if Luke and Luke has his kids and or is his kid and then Han and Leia have their kids, you know, it's quite possible they're going to use the same names. Right. So they just won't follow the same story. Right. Yeah, I, I always envision that they wouldn't necessarily retell a story that's already been told i was just hoping that they would play within the same universe and stuff but there are some things that i think that disney has to do in favor of the expanded universe you know if luke has a wife and it it just it would make no sense for it not to be mara jade you know i understand that it could be they, Marty Jade. Yeah. I understand <laughs> that they, they don't want to take any kind of pre-existing storyline, but, you know, Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker have been an integral part to Star Wars geeks the world over, you know. I have, I have, I have their, their comic books signed by the artist, by Michael Stagpole and Timothy Zahn and everyone else who worked on it, and it's all it is is a comic of Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker getting married with like Wedge and Han like fighting the Imperials outside during the ceremony. It's ridiculous, but Mara Jade is Luke Skywalker's wife, and if they make up some random person, or heaven forbid, or if they do something to where there's another manifestation of the Force like Anakin was, I think that'll just piss off so many people. And that's one of that's Wait, one of the what few. What was the word that you used? What? A something of the force? Like manifestation? A, a manifestation? Oh, manifestation. I, I heard manifest, and I was like, I don't, oh. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, they don't What's have to... What's the star talk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they don't That's have to galactic follow... galactic basic. 
they don't have to follow <laughs> the stories exactly, but there are some universal truths. And for me, I think that might be the biggest thing in the expanded universe that Disney would be doing a disservice to its fans to not carry over just because it doesn't cost them anything. It's not like they're going to be saying, Oh, you're ripping off the expanded universe. It's a character that was established in the expanded universe who is awesome. And who everybody like, there's very few people who dislike Mara Jade and she's an icon for like females who love the expanded universe. She's this badass chick. She's like a female Han Solo with a lightsaber and that's pretty awesome. And, and she's I, a hot redhead. Yeah. And she's a hot redhead and it would really just be awful if they made up some new character to be Luke's wife. That, that would be, if you want to know what's going to get my goat going about them nixing the expanded universe, that would be a huge issue for me. Now, here's something else I want to say, too. Now, there are some stories that take place in between the movies that are already out, and I really doubt that Disney's going to have the opportunity to go into those time periods, at least not, and try to recreate anything with any kind of original cast unless they do it in some sort of animated format. So books like Shadows of the Empire and uh, Labyrinth of Evil, the lead-in to Episode 3, certain books like that are probably... I don't I don't want to speak out of turn here, but they're probably still going to kind of hold their weight just because I don't think those are time periods that are going to be messed with by Disney. And Shadows of the Empire bridges episode five and six, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's it's set between Empire and Jedi, and it's kind of like they go off and try to rescue Han after he's been frozen and taken off to, to Jabba the Hutt. And there's all sorts of fun bounty hunter action. I mean, they made action figures based on the... the the novel they made a video game they even came out with a soundtrack a freaking soundtrack for a novel but it was amazing it was just random star wars music it was freaking amazing uh but shadows of the empire was quite a phenomenon circa 1996 i remember playing the game on the n64 and i just did the hoth level over and over and over again did you ever read the book no (laughs) i don't read what was cool about shadows of the empire was the game followed dash rengar the the novel really followed the the Darth Vader Shizor aspect. The comic book really focused on the bounty hunters, and so you got these three stories that interconnected really well. And Shadows of the Empire is really cool because it's one of the few times you get to see Darth Vader in like his prime, like he's just out just in his Tie Fighter. Like his way to de-stress is to go out in his Tie Fighter and like destroy the rebels <laughs> like he just gets in his tight like it's an x-wing battle and he the, the tie fighters are hopelessly outnumbered and he's like oh man i i didn't get to the gym today let me just go wipe out this whole squadron of x-wings i just i picture like the emperor popping up like the dog and duck hunt just holding up like rebel heads like there's this real cool dynamic to where there's this 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 character who tries to get one up on Darth Vader. He wants to replace Darth Vader as like the number two guy in the galaxy. And the whole time he's like scheming and Vader's like, I don't have time to worry about this a-hole. And it looks like he's going to get the upper hand of Vader. And then finally Vader just like shows up in like his superstar destroyer, like outside this guy's house. And it's like, you know, I'm tired of you. You have three minutes to get in a shuttle pod and come a shuttlecraft, get to my, get to my ship or I'm just going to blow you out of the sky. And he doesn't come and he just shoots the shit out of his house. And, (laughs) It's all like, she wrote. Like in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there On was the no beach. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And so it's, it, it's, it's stories like that that really, I think, uh, encapsulated what the Expanded Universe was all about. It was, we know Darth Vader is a badass. We get, only get so much of it in Star Wars because, you know, it's really Luke Skywalker's a trilogy, at least the original trilogy, to where these novels got to expand on 
things you always wondered, like, well, why is Darth Vader such a badass? And we get to see him go to his his palace, and we get to see him just like just killing people, and it's rad. I think it's interesting how in A New Hope, he's all kind of dark and busted, and then in Empire Strikes Back, he's got this shiny, glossy black suit. Because yeah, he polished his armor. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He upgraded. Uh, he got the new armor. But he just looks so menacing in Empire Strikes Back, which is obviously that's what they were going for, but it's just funny how that worked out. Yeah, and I would so, say... like, Sorry. Oh, well, I was just wondering, what does this announce, the like, official announcement, like, I thought they already said that they weren't going to be using the expanded universe. Their their initial announcement was we're not going to be re- we're not going to be telling any of the stories from the expanded universe, and it was mostly speculation on the fans' part that oh shit that means the expanded universe is going to be thrown out the window because pretty much anything that could have been told within the next thirty years after Return of the Jedi took place has been you know so it's like that time period has fairly well been covered. And with some of the stuff that we knew that, that uh, Disney was wanting to do with the stories, we just knew they couldn't use Expanded Universe. Now they've confirmed the fact that the Expanded Universe is, in fact, null. Right. Oh, okay. So it's like, it, it was more speculation, and now it's a confirmation. Yeah, and I, th- I think the reason for the confirmation was when they announced that Chewbacca was going to be in Episode 7. Because well, they had made two announcements right back-to-back. They had said... Episode 7 was going to take place 30 years after Return of the Jedi, and then like a day later they announced that Peter Mayhew was going to reprise his role as Chewbacca. Um, in the expanding universe, Chewbacca dies 22 years after Return of the Jedi in a book called Vector Prime. And so he would not be alive 30 years after Return of the Jedi to be in Episode 7 if they were paying homage or paying attention to the expanded universe. And so I think they got a lot of flack from people, you know, people that are much more passionate about it than I am who don't understand that books can, they still have their books, you know, no matter what Disney has said about your, you know, expanding universe not being canon, I can still go to my shelf today and read heir to the empire. And it's just as good. And it matters just as much to me, regardless of what Disney says. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize. But, yeah, and I mean, like, just because they say that they're not going to be um, using it or depending on it or whatever, I really, I think that's like a bunch of bull. They have a bun- They have all this source material that's already been written. Like, there's no way they're going to pass up on all that work that's already been done for them. Yeah, and, and it just gives such a huge amount of fan service they can give to us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, and, you know, and like, uh, I mean, we sort of like, brought it up earlier but like with the whole star trek reboot i mean that there's a huge deal made about that like oh we're you know we're we're rebooting the timeline and then they just made wrath of khan again (laughs) so i kind of feel like you know the creators say that they're going to do this uh do things in a new way and then they just they don't (laughs) right right so yeah i'll be pissed but then the second that an off-screen remark or something is made about, oh, did you hear about this fucking Thrawn guy? I will wet my pants because <laughs> I'm, I'm. That's my big defense against the prequels. Is my my favorite thing about Star Wars is the expanded universe. I like the expanded universe more than any of the films, and I love the Star Wars films. Don't get me wrong, but if you were to ask me what my favorite Star Wars story is, I would have to point to my top ten are probably all expanded universe novels over all of the films, and. That's kind of why I like the prequels is because 
I thought I never thought I'd see the prequels, and so I only read about places like Coruscant and you know the Jedi Order in their prime. And so when I got to finally see them, it was just like the greatest thing to me. And so once these seven, eight, nine, and the standalone movies come out, if they mention Thrawn or heaven forbid, if they show Grand Admiral Thrawn, I mean, I don't care. I'm I'm a, I'm over. I will ejaculate in my seat probably if oh. I get you know. <laughs> I get a blue-skinned, blue-black hair, red-eyed Grand Admiral Thrawn in his white uniform, and he's got like his Nagri bodyguards. Like I will just, I'll cry probably. Like Grand Admiral Thrawn is my favorite, <laughs> is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. I, I, I Timothy Zahn, who created Grand Admiral Thrawn, is the reason that I wanted to be a writer. Like I read Heir to the Empire. I, I hated reading books. I hated reading. I never saw any reason to read. Uh, I Heir to the Empire came out in 1981. I didn't pick it up till probably like 94. I read Heir to the Empire and I knew I wanted to write. Like that's what I want. I wanted to write. I wanted to make movies, but I primarily wanted to be a writer. And I told, I, I had the opportunity to tell that to Timothy Zahn. I gave him a copy of the first script I wrote called Pink Lemonade. At the time it was called Night but Tonight, but that's neither here or there. And it was amazing. And tell, tell him what you wanted them to sign. So, so I was the jerk off who went. He, we went to a signing. Randy, Randy was nice enough to come along with me, so I could nerd out. <laughs> and I brought like everything I had of Timothy's on. It ended up being like I had like seven novels, all the source materials for the role playing games, all the comics he wrote. And so he had to write, sign all this stuff. I was a total asshole. I was milking up the line, but I just wanted to interact with him. So I was talking to him about Grand Animal Thrawn and how awesome he is. And when he got to my Heir to the Empire book, the first Star Wars book I ever wrote, uh, that was the only one I wanted to personalize. I'm like, hey, can you write Thrawn is God? And I'm like, because that's who I love, Thrawn. And he gives me this, like, wince. He's like, how about Thrawn rocks? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, sure, go for it. So, Uh, And why was he so squeamish about that? Deifying any of his characters, maybe. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he was a super cool guy. Like, it wasn't like he was, like, mad at me or upset at me. He was just like, you know, I, I could tell he didn't want to write God. <laughs> and then as we were walking away from the table, having got all that signed, we're sitting there going, maybe we should have him worded a different way. Maybe you should have said Thrawn is King of Kings or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, he was a super cool guy. And there, there, there's a lot of... There's a lot of people who are very passionate about the expanded universe. Like next to meeting George Lucas, he was probably like the second most important Star Wars person to me. Like oh. other, I mean, if it had been George Lucas, I probably would have been even worse. But he was he was one small step under George Lucas, and I got to spend five minutes with him while he was signing my shit. And, and it's it's amazing because he he really did single handedly kickstart kick the people's love of star wars in the early 90s when it just wasn't out there anywhere to be found without that i don't know how we would have made it through there wouldn't have been prequels probably true i mean there would not have been special editions and there would not have been prequels without heir to the empire dark force rising and last command the the thrawn trilogy i mean it it really brought because i mean star wars was not dead but you know it had gone away you know power that it was this was the power of the force figures had gone, come and gone, you know, it had been eight years since the last movie, you know, Luke Lucas had publicly come out and said he was not going to make the prequels. He was no longer going to make any star Wars movies. I remember being in Costco, my mom lifting up air to the empire and like saying, Oh, look, maybe they're going to make another star Wars movie. Me getting so excited. And cause I wasn't going to read that shit. Now I'm not going to read. Um, 
And then, you know, it came out, and it was a huge hit, and they started making books, and they made a comic book series called Dark Empire, Ooh, which... That was a good one, too. Which, yeah, which is really good. It's about the em- Emperor Reborn. You find out that the Emperor has been making clones of himself and, you know, transferring his body there. And at one point, his clone possesses uh, uh, Anakin Solo inside a pregnant Princess Leia, and uh, it's just a really good comic yeah. series. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's It, it had amazing cover art, too. Um that's where Boba Fett comes back to life. He crawls out of the Sarlacc pit. And the cover, I, th- I want to say it's for ep- for issue four. Boba Fett and Dengar are trying to get the drop on Han Solo and Chewbacca. And the cover is Boba Fett, like with his blaster aimed something off screen. And behind him, just leaping over him, is this Chewbacca with like just this mean face, like he's just going to tear his head off. And uh, like the first panel in there is like the Millennium Falcon with Boba Fett's helmet. Like. Like like on the dashboard, <laughs> like it's like an ornament. It's 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 super cool. Sounds cool. It is. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of good stuff in that expanded universe. There. Yeah, who's it's... who's the guy on the cover that looks like a, an angry wizard with the buff's chest? Oh, an heir to the empire. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Joris C. Boeth. He's uh, he's actually a clone of the original Joris C. Boeth. And uh, you can tell he's a clone because he has two U's in his name, and he actually, he actually clones Luke. And uh, the new Luke is Luke with two U's. That's how you can tell if they're a clone. It's crazy. But but he he used he kind of like gave us a new glimpse in like how the Force was used. So he kind of he Grand Admiral Thrawn is a military genius. You know he follows people's art and he's able to detect like the blind spots and their you know their ways of thinking. And with George Sabo, if he was able to use the force to communicate throughout the fleet. Um, and it was just this amazing give or take between this like force user and the empire. And, uh, so it was like, it was, it was just magic. And, uh, Granimal Thrawn, he, he wasn't like a Vader. He didn't throw his guys away. If they messed up, he wanted to know why they messed up and wanted them to learn from them. And people wanted to serve under Grand Admiral Thrawn and people wanted to, well, let me ask you this, though. Like, the Rebels, they come in all shapes and sizes and species, but the Empire is a bunch of white guys. What is a blue guy doing with all these white dudes, and do they have a problem with him? They do. The, uh, the, uh, the, the way it works is the Emperor is very xenophobic. He only wants to work with humans. You know, he only trusts humans, so all of his officers and all of his high-ranking officials are all humans. And so he created this position called Grand Admiral, and he made 12 Grand Admirals. And one of the first, thi- one, well, the first thing they tried to do, the New Republic, when they defeated the Emperor, was to kill the Grand Admirals because they knew, or not kill, you know, eliminate them, capture them, you know, do whatever they had to do, because they knew that if anyone could unify the Empire back to its old way, it was going to be one of them. And so they were able to account for twelve, all 12 of the Grand Admirals. They thought everything was fine. But what had happened was because the Emperor was so xenophobic and disliked alien species so much, he had made Grand Admiral Thrawn, or at the time Commander Thrawn, a Grand Admiral in secret amongst only his most trusted advisors. And he sent Grand Admiral Thrawn off into the unknown regions. It's just, you know, with four-star destroyers and his, you know, his chutzpah. Uh, and his goal was to, you know, map and try to figure out what's going on in the expanded universe. You know, he was gone for 10 years. He came back with the fleet 10 times his size, and he had mapped and conquered a large portion of the unknown regions. And he shows up claiming to be a Grand Admiral. People are able to, you know, authenticate that he actually is. 
and he really unifies the empire at that time because they had been in such disarray after following the emperor's death. He checked the probate. And they're like, well, who the hell died and made you put you in charge? <laughs> He's like, the emperor. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know we're harping on you know, the Thrawn trilogy, but it, it really is, it really does stand up. You know, people often ask, you know, what is a good jumping off point for the expanded universe? And I often point to the Thrawn trilogy as a great way to jump off because since it was the first, you know, the only thing you need to know going into it is the original trilogy because nothing had been written before it. And so if you've seen the original trilogy, you can jump into Heir to the Empire knowing everything you need to know about the universe in general. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's usually what I point out. I also point out a good, another good one to start off is if you want like just kind of fun troop stuff, you can uh, go into the uh, Republic Commando series. Is really good. It's a five-part series. Uh, or you can read the X-Men series, or X-Men, <laughs> X-Wing series, which is a series of nine books uh, that feature Wedge Antilles and Rogue Squadron uh, just trying to mop up the Empire and stuff like that. All are, good places to start. Are there any female Stormtroopers? Stormtroopers, no. There, there are female royal guards. Um, I take that back. They're, they're, they're in the comics, the leg- Legacy of the Force comics. Um, there's a, a squad called the Joker Squad, and they have a female stormtrooper, but typically no. They even they're, made an action figure of that one. They did, yeah. Uh, but, t- but I think it was Entertainment Earth or something. Um, but typically, yeah, it's just it's a dude's. It's, an all, it's a sausage fest. Interesting. Are there any... Do they cease production of the clones at some point? Yes, or... but by the time we get to the the original trilogy, they're no longer clones. They've all died they, off? Have they retired and got gold watches and such, or are they like killed? Yeah, a lot of them have been replaced. Um, there, there, there are still some clones in service to the Empire, uh, but the vast majority of it are people who are conscripted into the army, into the into the you know the Grand Army of the Empire, um, just because you know the clones weren't meant to, you know, like you said, they they weren't meant to last that long. They were meant to you know rapid rapid aging doesn't doesn't help, um, and it became a point to where once the clones turned on the Jedi. Um, it was it was well publicized that the clones were the ones who, you know, sure they painted the Jedi out to be bad, but the story started to come out that the clones just kind of flipped on a dime, and people in the military didn't trust someone who could be programmed like that. Gotcha. And so so higher ups didn't really want to deal with clones. Okay, now let me ask you this: How many books, or at least how many series or sagas are there that? take place between episode three and episode four between episode three and four like where and we four. get to see darth vader where we read about darth vader just murdering any jedi left are there very, any of those? very little um you remember like five or six years ago lucas was real big on making a tv series that happened between episode three and four and because of that, I think he put a lot of the stories that would have gone in there off limits. For a lot of the same way they did with the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars was often talked about, especially in expanded universe, but they never ever expanded on the Clone Wars. The most you ever heard about the Clone Wars was when Obi Wan said that he fought with Anakin in the Clone Wars. You're like, oh shit, there's a Clone Wars. What's this about? That sounds pretty interesting. Maybe we should talk about this. But no one did because eventually Lucas had that story and he wanted to tell it and he told it his own way. 
Um, same thing with in between three and four. There's a couple. There's a comic series called The Purge, um, which kind of glad hands it a little bit. But for the most part, there's there's very little that takes place um, post episode three. There's uh, the, the 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 final saga, the final chapter of the Republic Commando series uh, is called uh, Order sixty six, um, and it follows Delta Squadron post episode three. Um, but it's very brief, and it doesn't really deal much with Vader. Gotcha. So now our bridge will be this Star Wars Rebels show with all new characters that we're supposed to care about. Correct. And I'm assuming um, the expanding universe will now, now, now that now that it doesn't look like that TV show is going to happen, maybe who knows, maybe Disney has plans that they're talking about. I, I imagine that it'll open up to the expanding universe. Um, I guess not that it matters since the expanding universe doesn't count anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I imagine we'll start to see a lot more. Let's talk about episode seven. Oh yeah, everyone's coming back. Everyone's yeah. So so Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Peter Mayhew, and R two D two have all been confirmed that they will be returning to Star Wars episode seven. What, what's the guy's name that plays C three PO? Anthony Daniels. Is he coming back? Uh, he hasn't been confirmed, and and really R two D two was only confirmed because. Um, a like Randy said when he attended the WonderCon panel, uh, the R2D2 builders had talked about it, and JJ uh, Abrams also released a photo, and in it he said, you know, at the Droid Workshop for Episode Seven, just hanging out with R2D2. So I, I imagine three PO will be in Episode Seven. Now, do you think that R2D2 will stay by Luke Skywalker's side, or do you think that he's going to want to hang out and protect Han Solo and Leia's kids? No, no. Art. I mean, again, expand with the with the current state of the expanding universe in Disney's eyes. You know, anything could change. Uh, in the expanding universe, R two D two never leaves Luke Skywalker's side. I, I like mean, that. I mean, he's he's Luke Skywalker's like best friend. You know, and he's you know astromech droids are meant to be mind meant meant to be memory wiped. You know, every I think it's like eight years, and R two D two is going on. You know. 50-something years without a memory wipe, and he's actually starting to develop these, like, personality. He's kind of got the personality. Like, he's almost like this, like, old, like, neighbor guy. (laughs) (laughs) Grumpy old guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Luke and him have this rapport, but, like, from the outside, they're like, dude, what's what's up with your droid? (laughs) This fucker fix, man. Um, And, uh, you know, he's he's slowly starting to, you know, he, he remembers more and more from, you know, even though he wasn't memory wiped, you know, He's re- he's re- rewriting over his whole data because he only has so much memory, and so he randomly will like broadcast like a video. Like at one point, he like shows Luke a video of Anakin leaving Padme in Episode Three to go to the Jedi Temple. You know, oh, wow. and so and so so he's he's kind of been Luke Skywalker's bridge to showing him like what happened in the prequel era. And so so Luke, Luke knows that he was Anakin's favorite droid ever right does luke know that yet or no that r2d2 was yeah yes luke skywalker knows that i I don't know if he i don't know if it's ever been established that he knows that anakin actually made c3po but he knows that at one time r2d2 was darth vader's astro anakin skywalker's astromech droid gotcha and that r2d2 was present at his birth whose birth oh Luke, uh, Luke. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not in the room, but you know. <laughs> yeah, 
He, uh, space he hosed down uh, Padme's downstairs. Yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> he cut the cord with his like with his uh. But he has a little buzz saw thing. Yeah, a little buzz saw. <laughs> wow. <laughs> then he plugged into her sockets. <laughs> Just checking. He had a speculum attachment. He does that. Yeah, he's a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit of creepo, that one. Yeah, I, I should say so. But, I mean, th- those th- those guys are the only ones that are verif- that, that have been confirmed to be in the movie. There's a ton of rumors of who's been, you know, who's had a meeting, who's talked to. At one point, Zac Efron and Gary Oldman had both come out and said they had meetings with Disney about being in the film. Um, so many people were convinced that Benedict Cumberbatch were going to be in it, that, ben- that he had to actually issue a statement saying, like, I'm not in this movie. Stop asking me questions. To which everyone said, oh, yeah, just like you're not playing Khan. He's like, no, I- <laughs> like he like swore on his kids or something like it's like I'm not going to be in this movie so hopefully he's in this movie and he has to like murder like a family or something like that. <laughs> um, so Alan, what's up? What's up with this uh, this Maisie Richardson seller? She's this young black or mixed race woman who may or may not be a descendant of Jedi Knight Ben Kenobi. So he yes. uh, is this does this mean that after the Jedi Order was dissolved he kind of had the sexo in a cantina just to make, like, uh, he's one of the populace. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm no Jedi Knights here. I'm just your regular space pirate banging broads. You got to prove it. <laughs> By the way, can you point me towards the brown sugar? Right. Yeah. I don't know Kenobi who swung that way. I like it. uh, <laughs> it's vague where it says descendant. I mean, maybe it's, like, a cousin? I mean, uh, Kenobi, uh, we know that uh, Obi-Wan had a brother. Um, oh, you do? I didn't yeah. Know that. Well, Did you I guess know that, the, ex- the expanded universe knew. Oh, that doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so it could very well be a relation, but you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Ben Kenobi got down um, with a sand it, person. That'd be yeah. cool. It says a young black or mixed race woman, so I mean, it would conceivably be like a granddaughter or a great granddaughter, um, which could be very interesting. Uh, Luke and her could have a very fun dynamic see i'm fascinated with the sand people i like how you know it's just the idea of it just being like some kind of language barrier where no one understands what they're saying people think they're terrible people so they fire on them so then they fire back i i think that that would just be amazing and they look like normal people underneath those things right Correct. They look like like you and me. They're people, just like you and me. Correct. Yeah, they are. They are people. They're bipedal humanoids. Okay. With normal looking. I want. I want to know more about them. I need. I need to learn more about sand people. So point me in that direction if there is any literature on those folk. <laughs> there, there, there's not any specific literature on 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 sand people, um, just because you know most sand people stay within. The there's, sand people community. There's no pamphlets or trifolds. There isn't. There's no. Uh, there's no. Uh, they're, they're not really recruiters. They're not the Jehovah Witnesses of the galaxy far, far away. Uh, but there have been a couple sand people who have, you know, gotten off planet who mo- mostly revolve around like Force users. Um, like, do you remember the Legacy of the Force comics? The Darth, uh, Darth Kyrat, who was not not Darth Talon, the hot Twilight broad. But Darth Kyrath, who was the leader of the of yes. the, uh, yes, uh, he was a sand person. Oh, yeah, he had uh, he I'm got better. Are they only but, from Tatooine? Yeah, they they're on Tatooine. That's the only place. Is that the only desert planet around that we ever visit? 
Uh, that's the only one that I can ever recall thinking about. Um, we've come across a couple jungle planets, a couple water planets, but I want to say that uh, Tatooine may be the only, you know, predominantly desert planet that we've encountered in the expanded universe. It's definitely what we, the only one we've encountered in any kind of canon for Disney folk out there. Um, but in the expanded universe, yeah, it's just Tatooine. I see. So yeah, so and uh, so he he was he was a sand person who who became a Jedi, uh, and then uh, in the current Legacy of the Force um, uh, series of novels, uh, there is a in the New Jedi Order books there is a, a character named Talari, uh, and she was a reformed sand person who fell in love with Anakin Solo before he died. Oh. Spoiler alert! So Harrison Ford has a gigantic role, I guess. A gigantic role, yeah. Uh, Alan Horn, who is the uh, uh, he's the chairman of the Walt Disney. I wish I can remember what the S stands for now. Studio. Oh, Walt Disney Studios. There you go. <laughs> Alan Horn is the chairman of Walt Disney Studios, and uh, most of the communications from Walt Disney Studios has come through him. Uh, he's the one who has stated that casting is almost done. He's the one who said the budget is going to be between 175 to 200 million. Um, he's the one who said it would shoot mid-May to September. Um, and he's also been the one, uh, who came out and said Harrison Ford will have a gigantic role in Star Wars episode seven. I think most people assume that the original trilogy people would kind of have like a glorified cameo to where they pass the torch to the next, you know, the heroes of the next trilogy. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was kind of the Michael Arndt who wrote the original treatment and script for it. He really downplayed their involvement and Abrams was kind of disappointed in that draft, and so him and Lawrence Kasdan actually have been rewriting it, or have, in theory have rewritten it, uh, to more prominently feature the original trilogy people. And the only one that we've heard any news on is today we heard that Harrison Ford has a gigantic role in Episode 7. Which hopefully means he's finally going to get that big death scene he's been wanting. Mm-hmm. He, he likes to die. He tries to do the Kessel Run again, and he just crashes into a supernova. Yeah. 12 parsecs oh man it was 13 I should just kill myself now. yeah I could see that uh, for episode 7 a couple locations that may happen um, they confirmed that they were going to return to Tatooine but instead of going back to Tunisia like they have in the past um, they're actually going to go to Abu, Abu Dhabi have, have you guys seen some of the leaked pictures that came out last week uh-huh. of what, what looked like the foot of an Adat like a, a destroyed Adat mm-hmm. yeah Oh, it's pretty amazing. It's like this gigantic circular disc thing, and it came out in two pieces from this giant tent where presumably all the, the props are being stored. And it, it looks like the wreckage of a foot from an AT-AT. Like, it might be just kind of, like, hanging out in the sand. Like, like this is the, you know, 30 years after the Empire's been taken down kind of thing. This is just kind of, like, the wreckage left behind. It, it's just kind of the feeling that it, it, it gave to me. It was awesome to see. Yeah, and they put some like close-ups of like the they of what they actually think it's this foot from Empire Strikes Back. Like they were like doing close-ups of like the numbers on the side or something. Like that it was it was ridiculous. Well, they had it side by side like with a, a picture of the foot that stomped on Luke's crashed snowspeeder to confirm mm-hmm. that the pattern is right, and it's got all the little like toe kind of things hanging off of it just to confirm that it was an AT-AT foot. I think. Yeah. Pretty badass. Pretty walkers are pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Hoth, uh, rumor is that uh, there's going to be a, a decent sized shoot in Iceland. 
Um, and so there, people are wondering if that means that we're going to return to the ice planet of Hoth. Ooh. Like everyone enjoys Hoth from Empire Strikes Back. And uh, I don't think anyone would be sad to return there, especially if there's more Imperial walkers. It's a good bet exactly. the Empire already knows they're there. <laughs> I'm sure they it almost Hoth is one of those planets, though, that you know, like they didn't want to be there. It's just kind of like uh, this is probably where nobody will think of looking <laughs> yeah. for us. It's like hanging out in the shitty neighborhood just to to avoid being found. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would go back, or maybe it's going to be another icy planet. There are other icy planets in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and there, there's definitely a couple. Um, the only reason this was before they had said that the expanding universe didn't count. I got kind of excited. Was um, Hoth is kind of a sanctuary um, for Leia and yeah, Han, definitely Tauntauns. Uh, but Leia and Han um, kind of squirreled their kids away there for a while, and uh, they uh, they set up this like super mega fortress with all this like automated weaponry and stuff like that. Igloos with guns. Yeah, and uh, so it was kind of it kind of excited me of the prospect of that, but obviously that's not going to happen now. Mm mm. That's Guns cool. don't kill people. But, I mean, we're really not going to know anything until December 18th, 2015, when Star Wars Episode Seven comes out, and everyone compl- forgets what they're complaining about, and everyone goes and sees it and falls in love, and realizes that uh, Star Wars is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this planet, and uh, <laughs> that any new Star Wars is good Star Wars. I wonder when we'll get our first trailer. If it's going to be like, you know, Frozen 2 or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing probably, I mean... Finding Dory. Is that the next (laughs) movie, right? Are they doing that? Yeah, it uh, got pushed. She's got, like, Alzheimer's and can't find her out. They just announced that they weren't weren't even working on Frozen 2 yet because they were going to do the musical for Frozen 2. So, yeah, it may may be Finding Dory. Mm. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. Because there, there is no, there is no Pixar movie in 2014. It's the first year there's not going to be a Pixar movie. Really? So, not like yeah. a Trains or fucking no boats planes, movie. Planes <laughs> isn't Pixar. Oh, it's not. No, Planes is Disney. Oh, that's a problem. And, I knew yeah. I hated it for a reason. And that's why it failed. Yeah, that's why. It's <laughs> but Cars not, is Pixar, right? Cars is Pixar. Yeah, Planes uh. takes place in the Cars universe, but it's not done by Pixar. It's uh, done by Disney. Mm-hmm. And so 2015 is going to have two. Um, shit, it's like Team Six, which is going to be like kind of like a superhero type movie, and Finding Dory are the two 2015 movies. Oh, then that's too soon. Finding Dory will be too soon because that's 20. 20- Oh no, that is 2015. Yeah, yeah they're right? both 2015. Oh yeah, okay. No, I I bet that's it. Wow. I'll well, remember fortune teller. Let's write this shit down. Because episode one, <laughs> they had their first trailer before Waterboy and uh, Miss Meet Joe Black, and then episode two had it before Monsters Inc. And uh, I don't remember episode episode three. You can see them online, so I don't remember what movie it was in front of. <laughs> Man, I remember when I saw the trailer for episode one. And, uh, I don't know. Like, what's all this goddamn talking about? <laughs> yeah. It making no sense. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see the crawl when you see the movie and it starts talking about, like, trade trade blockades and, like, tariffs. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell am I watching? Did, it, did I see tariffs? Yeah. You're watching C-SPAN. I'm like, what the hell is this? Intergalactic yeah. C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah, it made no sense. But I remember when I when you see Darth Maul with his with his 
double-bladed lightsaber, I remember just thinking, like, what the fuck is this, dude? This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Yeah, you got, like, two seconds. It was Darth Maul, and he did, like, two swings, and then he did one over everyone's head, and he ducked, and then they're like, oh, my God, this is going to be the best movie. Yeah, and there was, like, that close-up of his face when he's angry, and the music was playing. Yeah. And you're like, there's no way this movie's not going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then he Just... saw all those droids come out of their little transporter things. Uh, you know, like, a, a, a communications interruption could mean only one thing. Invasion. Invasion. <laughs> and you're and you like, know what... oh, okay. <laughs> you know what you didn't see in the, in, the tra- in the trailers? Jar Jar Binks and Jake Lloyd. Oh, I th- at one point you hear that there's the one trailer where he's like, uh, you said people are going to die. Yeah. In that at one point in the trailer. Yeah. That's the same one with uh, terrible puppet Yoda saying, That was terrible. <laughs> and you're like, how is the puppet from 1980 better than the one from 1999? Because of the way it was lit. He was all better lit in, in the 1999 version. But everything that happened on Dagobah was all dark, so it looks better in a dark environment. I, I always I oh, thought it was a CG Yoda. I didn't realize it was. Um, it's CG now. It's Blu-ray. yeah. It a yeah, Blu-ray. It's CG Yoda. In in, in, in episode, episode one. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before it was really bad puppet Yoda. Fix that shit. Yeah, that, that movie's CG terrible. Yoda at the very end when uh, Obi Wan's saying that he's going to train Anakin, and Yoda's like walking around. That's that. That was CG, and that's when they got the idea. Like, hey, maybe we can CG him all the time, so he doesn't look like shit. <laughs> and he can fight. That's too bad. And I love how he has these crazy fight scenes, but then he goes back to his slow walk-in with his cane. <laughs> <laughs> what a little trickster! He's like, oh, oh, can you give me a hand here? Oh, yeah, just... he just wants to keep his handicap placard. Yeah, he's full of shit, so he can get his galactic disability checks. <laughs> yeah. The government can't see me doing this. I want a program. <laughs> I want to fix things. I might up. have some Star Wars trivia that you guys don't know. Oh what? yeah. Um. So, well, this probably might mean more to Justin than to you guys if you don't watch Supernatural. But um, the actor who plays Castiel in Supernatural, uh, Misha Collins, he actually, um, like, sort of interviewed for the part of Anakin of the older Anakin Skywalker. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like top secret and uh, he went to Skywalker Ranch and talked to George Lucas and everything. Um, wow. And but when they when they were flying him up, they told him, like, you cannot tell anyone under any circumstances that you're coming up here and what you are doing or, or you, you can't tell them why you're here. Like not your family, not your friends, only your agent gets to know why you're up here. Um, and so, and they told him, like, to scare him straight, they told him that they had cast someone else in Jake Lloyd's part, and then that kid talked, and so they uncast him. Uh, they awesome. buried him in the desert. And that's how he ended up with Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Have you heard of so-and-so? No? That's right, you never will again. <laughs> But, um, so, like, apparently after he, he has this whole funny story about the interview itself, um, but... I won't, I won't relate all that part, but uh, he uh, actually, he after he left, um, he had some time to kill before he had to fly back to L.A., and um, he just 
he went to this pizza place and he couldn't resist telling someone. He's like, I can tell probably tell this random person. And so he tells a guy who worked at the pizza place, like, I was just a Skywalker Ranch, like interviewing for the like new like episode two. And the guy was like, No way, Natalie Portman is my cousin. And my parents own the ranch, like right next to George Lucas. Like, He's what's like, your Shit, name? Now I gotta kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. It's one of those Avalanche joints in all the world type of deals. Right? What are the odds? Man, I'm I hate... not saying that's why he didn't get the part, but you never know. I can't stand episode two. Pretty boring. Oh my god, I think it's awful. I mean, episode one gets a lot of shit, but I think episode two is just as bad. You think so? I I like the end. I like the end. Yeah, he is. But I like the end. I like the fight on Geonosha. Or not Geonosha, but... um, Is it Geonosha? Geonosis. Oh, Geonosis. Okay. There you go. I like that fight, but I hate... I hate, hate, hate the fight between... Uh, Dooku and and Anakin and Obi Wan Kenobi, especially when Anakin and Dooku are fighting, and it's just their lightsabers twirling in front of their faces. Right, it's such a waste, and it, it's such a letdown, and I hate it, and I'm mad just thinking about it right now. Well, and the most frustrating part about that is, is 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 probably like the the lie that Lucas will go to like the grave with was. The, so, so they supposedly filmed this like great fight scene between the three of them, and it was this, it was going to be this epic like homage to Empire Strikes Back, and that's why they had those like close ups of the face with like the shadows and the lightsabers, but those were intercut with like actual fight scenes, and it was awesome. And there's actual pictures of like Anakin with like two lightsabers fighting, and there's oh, I guess he actually does fight two lightsabers. I mean, Dooku with two <laughs> lightsabers fighting, um, and it was supposed to be this just kick ass fight scene. And then the animators came to George Lucas and said, you know, we could probably animate Yoda fighting. And so they had to drop everything and do the Yoda fight. And the way Lucas tells the story is that they had to butcher and sacrifice the Anakin, Obi-Wan, Count Dooku fight so that the film wasn't too long when they added on the Yoda fight. To which I'm thinking, like, no one's going to bitch if your movie's a minute and a half longer because you had 90 seconds extra of lightsaber fighting. Right, and they could have easily taken out the, all the crap between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. Their love story is so terrible. And their they chemistry have zero on-screen uh, right. chemistry. <laughs> right. But oh my he, god, it's so bad. I don't even believe that he loves her. It's like, terrible, David. It's so bad. Whoa. It's terrible. It's the worst. The worst love story. I, I would believe Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin falling in love <laughs> over those two. <laughs> There's the fan you know that I want to see. More believable to me. No, I, I get I understand. The, uh, episode two is probably the, uh, the one that gets the worst dialogue. Um, because there's a lot of Anakin... Padme shit. It's just, it's just, it's, it, I'm not, I can't even begin to defend it. Like, and I won't. Uh, episode two, like, the last, like, 50 minutes of episode two are amazing. Like, like, I mean, like, 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 you got your, you got your arena battle, you got your Geonosis, you got your clone battle, you got your lightsaber battles. Yeah. 
you get your little bit of Coruscant at the end. You know, it ends in kind of a bummer, like Empire Strikes Back. Anakin and Padme get married in secret, and they don't talk at all, so that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's got the Coruscant chase in Episode 2 is probably a couple minutes too long. Um, I get that people get bored after a little while. It's a lot like my complaint with Man of Steel, where it's just like destruction for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, after a while, it just is kind of boring. And same thing with Coruscant. You know, driving the wrong way down Coruscant for 12 minutes is not fun after six. Right. I think um, Padme just stays with Anakin because she doesn't want to come off like a bitch for breaking up with him because he got his hand cut off. Right. <laughs> you know, like can't break up with you, the guy like, with plan to break up with someone, right? And but then it's like they get in a car accident. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit! Now I'm stuck. That's... Or it's great. It's great in episode two when Obi Wan's trying to figure out like uh, why Camino's uh, not in the the record banks, and like him and Yoda are like, I don't know. Let's ask the little kid, and the kids all because someone erased it, and they're like, oh sh- shit, the kids are right. No one else thought of that. Fucking Jedi. And that old lady, the librarian, come on. What's wrong with librarians? I don't know. She bugs me. I don't like librarians. They're always telling you to shh. Yeah. It's like, whatever. My late fees pay your salary. Yeah. Give me shit because it's late. Yeah. And then then Obi-Wan Kenobi's got to go to some dive bar to find out where this dart came from. That's right. Because forearm, the forearm short, short order cook knows everything. And he doesn't even listen. He already tells him in the first, first sentence. He's like, oh, I saw something like this way beyond the it's outer rim. It's saber darts. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I've never heard of that. And he's like, no, no, it's an outer rim. God damn it. Don't you listen when I talk? <laughs> it's like, listen. I got four arms, motherfucker. That's what I'm talking about. Stupid. Oh, smart, Obi-Wan. Jedi are dumb. You know what? Else? You know what? Something else? Palpatine is, is the bad guy. Everyone knows it but you guys. Yeah, I don't get that either. I, I don't get... I mean, we were texting about this the other day. Like, if he is this super mega evil Sith Lord, I would just think that someone like Yoda or Mace Windu would just feel this rush of darkness whenever they talk to him. Or at least a cold chill or something. Like, the hair <laughs> on the back of that neck. Like, because he's just creeped out by the man. And that doesn't happen. I don't get but, it. But, I mean, you gotta think, they thought the Sith were extinct. And so, Yoda's 870 years old. So, for 870 years, Yoda thought there were no Sith. Mm-hmm. And then, he knows this guy, Chancellor Palpatine, for... 40, 50 years, however long they know he knows him. Then all of a sudden, these Sith emerge. He's not going to think like, oh, this dude that I've known for like 30 years who just who hangs out with me, I'm sure he would assume that the leader of the Sith would avoid Yoda at all costs. So let me ask you this. When the Death Star blows up and everyone's celebrating that the Emperor is dead, mm-hmm. does the Empire... Empire's crippled, but I mean, do all the stormtroopers get pink slips and they're told to just not report to duty the next day? Or does the Empire very much still exist? The Empire still very much exists. The pro- the problem being is there is a power vacuum. So, you know, Emperor dies, you know, next in line is Vader. You know, Vader will take over. Well, Vader's dead too. You know, okay, after Vader, you know, the person in charge of the fleet would be Admiral Piet. You know, he was on the bridge of the Executor when it crashed into the Death Star. So, like, you're like, Top three dudes are all dead, you know, plus Grand Moff Tarkin dies in episode four, so 
you know, the hierarchy for the empire is not looking so good. And so all of these people who are kind of like in that, you know, secretary of defense level, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the The school teacher on Coruscant becomes the president. Exactly. You know, (laughs) the president, vice president and like secretary of state are all dead. And so now you have all of these secretaries of like the interior and stuff. And so they all decide that they should be in charge and they, they really, they really start to fight each other for dominance. Um, and, you know, there's some strategic value to certain planets and, you know, people who take over those planets have a little more power. Uh, but there's just so much infighting and it allows the New Republic or the rebels to really gather steam and really to start taking out the Empire. You know, you know, kind of like, you know, the Native Americans and, you know, the settlers, you know, the French Indian War, you know, they did like hit and run tactics. They sound like terrorists to me. What you're describing to me is terrorism. Terrorism. Uh, And so it's not until Grand Admiral Thrawn shows up seven years after the events of Return of the Jedi does he kind of galvanize and unite the Empire. And so at that point, at that point, the Empire has so diluted itself and so, you know, castrated itself through infighting that they're about even. So the Empire and the Republic are on even terms. And now... Granimal Thrawn has come back and he's rallying the troops. I see. Dark times, Harry. Dark times. Do they have like a USO show with a bunch of Twi'leks dancing? <laughs> they do. Red Twi'leks, blue Twi'leks, even some green Twi'leks. Ooh. Ed Tails of Twitchin' or Lequeux for you uh, Spanish Universe nerds. Ooh. Interesting. There's a whole language with Head Tails. You know, they can have a conversation without words. So what about the Sith? Did the Sith still exist in the expanded universe post Return of the Jedi? Uh, they do. It's in a much smaller scale. You know, the, the Sith Order, the official Sith Order dies with, you know... Palpatine Invader. Palpatine Invader. Um, however, there are acolytes, uh, there are Inquisitors, and there's stuff like that who are very much, you know, force power, have force powers. Um, and some, you know, you know, force users are born every day, you know. So, I mean, they're, they're born. Some are stronger than others, and some are just bad people. And uh, some are seduced by the dark side. Some people who have force powers decide that they're they're smarter than all the people before them, and they can, they can handle going to, you know, dark side tombs and, you know, digging up the bones of, like, Eshrakun and, like, uh, Naga Sadow and stuff like that. You know, they become possessed by them, and they become, like, Sith Lords and stuff like that. So the dark side still comes around. Um, there's no, like, Palpatine-level Sith Lord um, mm-hmm. for a while. Um, Jason Solo becomes probably the closest thing to, like, a Palpatine or a Vader. Um but that's really it. it. Most most of the most of the most of the expand universe is about Luke trying to rebuild the Jedi Order, um, and you know basically he's trying to teach himself how to teach these people because what he realizes is that you know people in the prequels they get years and years of training on like understanding the Force and how to mold it, and Luke Luke quickly understands that his training was for. He was trained solely for the purpose of defeating Vader and defeating the Emperor. They didn't. They weren't concerned about teaching him about the Living Force and to respect the Force and stuff like that. They were concerned on teaching him how to confront Vader, how to kill Vader, how to confront the Emperor, how to kill the Emperor. I don't think he could have killed the Emperor. Well, throwing your lightsaber down down the chute's a bad way to start. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, you know, I'm still gonna kill you, right? <laughs> bad guy. Interesting. 
Yeah. How do you feel about Vader yelling no in uh, the episode redone. three, or episode six, episode six? I don't mind it. episode six. I don't mind it because he's not yelling and he's just kind of like no. <laughs> I like uh, it when he doesn't say anything. I, to me, that seems more meaningful. Like we're see, like here we're looking at a plastic face, and we're able to see this struggle going on. Just looking at it, you know, like it's a total Beavis and Butthead looking at the TV, looking at the broken window kind of thing. He's but, piecing it together, and just like we are, like wow, this is horrible. Uh, I can't take this anymore. And then he does the right thing. I don't think he needs to say no. I agree. I mean, if I had, if I could choose one, I would choose the one where he doesn't say no. But uh, I don't have a problem with that. No, the episode three, no, the Frankenstein, no. I kind of, I don't particularly care for. Yeah, that's too bad. No. Yeah, that's and he's all Frankenstein, wonky, wally, kind of yeah. just chomping all about. I mean, I get that he's new to the suit, but it just looks silly. There's a really cool, for people who are fans of Vader like I am, um, there's a book called Rise of Lord Vader. Uh, it, it takes place right after episode three, and it's Vader. The book opens with him waking up after his surgery, and right, right as he's learning that Padme is dying, and it's him coming to grips with his body and his limitations and how much... This just sucks. Does he have physical therapy and such? He does not. And so he's got to learn how to use his helmet and how to, you know, he's stronger now, but he's slower. And, you know, he has to learn how to be who he's going to be for the rest of his life because, you know, he's never getting out of this suit. Does he have to take pills? Does he have like a pill box with like days of the week? Yeah. It's got all the days of the week and it's a jumbo size because he's got like a thousand pills. You got to take these big pills and drink lots (laughs) Lots of of water. water. (laughs) That's funny shit. Does he have to eat or drink? Yeah, he still requires nourishment. Does he just plug into something, like an IV? Uh, you know, they don't really ever go into that. I'm assuming when he goes into like, his meditation chamber that there's some form of tube feeding. I don't believe he's able to like ingest things. I think that would be funny if they showed that when they sit down in Empire, when Han and Leia and Chewie sit down for refreshments. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be funny if... They like strolled out some crazy device for him to hook up to. Some, app- <laughs> some apparatus. <laughs> and I hope I don't seem less menacing now. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're still terrifying. He could take his helmet, the top of his helmet off, like uh, those old scoops of ice cream that you put in baseball helmets. Uh-huh. Remember that? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Slurping soup out of his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot they could do. They need to redo Star Wars. That's all there is to it. Complete reboot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be nuts if they did that? Oh, it would be riots, man. Forget all that you know. It hasn't happened at all. Yeah, nothing counts. Yeah. Forget what you... This ain't your father's Star Wars. Does anybody else have anything else to add? Star Wars? Episode 7? What do you want to see? What you don't want to see? What don't, do you want to see? I just want to see a lot of lightsaber action. I'm sold on lightsabers. More acid spraying or otherwise. Yeah, see, I want the bottom of the hilt to be have like a special little compartment for with acid inside, and then when the two people, two like a Jedi and a Sith, are are, are joined together by their lightsabers hitting each other, and they're like talking shit to each other, it could just be like Joker style with a flower, and just press a button and shoot acid into their face. To me, that seems like it makes sense, and that's what they should do. If I ever get the opportunity to write anything for Star Wars, 
the first thing I will do is create a character with an acid spinning lightsaber. There you go. That will be number one in my writer. Like I have to be able to put this in my book. There you go. It's a little cheap, but got to win the fight somehow. Yeah, I'll swear in love and war, baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't get why no I mean, I see that everyone force pushes, but why not for, force pull them into your lightsaber? How come mm-hmm. no one ever does that? What the shit? I agree. That'd be a pretty cool tactic. Anyway. Clearly, they're not trained to be dirty fighters. <laughs> I know. Like, I like know. The edgy armor, like, dirty fighter boot camp. I have tactics. See? That's the thing. You don't want to share your tactics. You would just be like a Jedi murderer. Yeah. Between your asses spinning lightsaber and your force pulling. Dude, you'd have, like, lightsabers all around your belt from all the Jedi you killed. Well, okay, well, Justin, I mean, Randy's read a little bit of the Expanded Universe. Now you haven't read it. You haven't read really anything except for uh, the stuff we made you read. Knowing what, what the answering the questions you've you've asked, are you more inclined to the, to read the expanded universe, or it's just not something you're interested in? Oh yeah, I'd be more than happy to read it. Uh, I realize it's decades of material at this point, but um, I think I have a couple more decades before George R. R. Martin finishes <laughs> uh, the Game of Thrones shit, so I might as well read something. Yeah, you probably you probably you could probably read all of the expanded universe before the oh, seven. <laughs> treat, <laughs> yeah. treat yourself at least to the Thrawn novels. Right, I want to read them in the order that they were published. Not That's so a good much, way to read them. Not I, so I, much I, the way that uh, chronologically, but so much more the the way that they were published. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to read them, just because <clears throat> you know then you know everything you need to know going into it. Right. I mean, it's it's it really is the best way to read them, like, you know. And you know, that's how I read them, and it wasn't it was never a problem, you know, jumping back and forth timeline lies. Yeah. It just comes back to the question of how you would how how you would introduce the Star Wars saga to your kids, four, six, then one through three, or one through six. I would do original trilogy, then prequels, and then seven, eight, nine. And there's no wrong answer. I just, that's the way that the world saw it. First, so that should be the way that they should see it. And I think they would appreciate the Easter eggs that way too, and the nods. Yeah, makes more I sense. Agree. Yeah, I mean, if you watch them chrono, if you watch them one through six, you lose a couple of reveals, but you, you you gain a couple other ones. You know, you obviously lose the big "I'm your father," um, but you, you gain you know Palpatine is Sidious. You know, when I was so. a kid, I didn't, I could not understand for the life of me why anyone would have Darth Vader as a daddy. I'm like. What woman in any universe would fall for this guy, and how did he even make a kid in the first place? I, I never put together that. Well, they still didn't really solve that question to my satisfaction, because <laughs> Anakin is a whiny pain in the ass. Yeah. Force persuasion. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just want there to be a coherent story <laughs> with good acting and good writing. Well, I think I think those criteria have failed in six movies. Then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I love all the Star Wars movies, but none of them are going, none of them have won any awards for acting and or writing. I mean, I was going to go to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, put your friends later. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's 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 serialized science fiction. It's you know, steepled in like the serials of like the forties and fifties and thirties and. However far back they go. Did uh, so, Randy? Uh, you got a you got a list for us? I do. <laughs> is it is it Star Wars themed? It is. Pardon my squeaky chair as I reach for my computer. Oh God! 
What squeaky chair? <laughs> and it Good point... over the train. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Says the guy who usually has a cricket in the background. What we have this week is the 10 Star Wars Expanded Universe stories every fan should read. And this is kind of taking into account that they're not necessarily going to be in the the Disney version of canon, but they're still good reads. And as we've been talking about ad nauseum during this uh, podcast, they're full of good material and all sorts of cool stuff. And it's definitely worth giving it a, a, a read, especially if you're looking for some new Star Wars material to help kill time until the new movies. So number 10 on the list, the Darth Bane Trilogy. Path of Destruction, Rule of Two, and Dynasty of Evil. I have not read them, but David, I know you have. Didn't you read the first one? I didn't read it. Nope. Did you borrow it for a long time and then tell me you read it? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that 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 is also a very good jumping off point, um, just because it takes place so far before Episode One that there's not there's only a couple stories that take place before it, and. Um, you could jump into that one knowing almost next to nothing other than what you see in the movies. I take it back. I did read the first one. Are you sure? I, I did. Was that a quiz? <laughs> it was like a, a Sith training academy or something like that. Uh, fell in love with a girl, fought some dudes, went to a temple, fought some more dudes. Shit was falling down. Sound about right? Sure. Cool. Do you, do you, do you, have, do you have the synopsis in front of you, Randy? No, I'm not. I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's, that's the gist of it. I did read that one. Yay! Yeah. Bonus points. It is a good read. Read a book. <laughs> yeah, read a book. Read a book. <laughs> Number nine, Darth Plagueis. Now we hear him uh, mentioned in episode three as being the one who uh, Palpatine learned all his ins and outs of his Sithy ways from, and uh, apparently there's a standalone novel I have not read, but uh, looks pretty cool. David, did you read that one? I did. Of course. It's not, it's not as good as the Darth Bane books, but it's good. I mean, it's interesting just because it's, it goes to, there, there is a significant portion of it that deals with, you know, his training of Palpatine. And so you get a lot of insight into what a cruel, because you know we, we get a lot of what the training is for the Jedi, and Darth Plagueis is a very very bad man, <laughs> and uh, he's cool. He's he's almost mastered like living forever, and like he's probably like a day away from it. And like Palpatine's like, sorry, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Number eight, Labyrinth of Evil. And this one is really good. This is uh, kind of a bridge novel between. Episode two and three, it follows a lot about General Grievous and what he's up to. Um, the cool thing about that is there's a nod to it in episode three, and it's a fun <laughs> little quote that we all like to say here at Geek Legacy. That business on Cato Nemoidia doesn't count. You actually get to read about what that business <laughs> was. And it was so cool sitting in the movie theater, having read that book, and being like your your you're one of the cool kids. You're inside. You got the inside joke, you know? Yeah. I remember, like, 
being pissed about the movies. I was like, I hate how all this expanded universe just gets in the way, and there's some fucking joke in every movie where I don't get because I didn't read the book, and that's like one of three Star Wars books that I had read. So I will in always line. be <laughs> yeah, in line for <laughs> episode three. So I I was a la- you know how my voice carries, and I was one of those assholes in the theater that was laughing and laughing. It's terrible. Number seven is a book that David's already mentioned. Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, which takes place immediately after Episode 3. And that's a fun read, too. Heck yeah. Very cool stuff. Now, the next one is actually a comic book. Number 6 is Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison. So I'm not going to be surprised if you haven't read this one, David. But it takes place during the height of the Empire's reign. And uh, it's all about... Is it old, like Marvel, or is it a Dark Horse? It's early 90s Dark Horse. Wow. And it's just uh, Darth Vader going around killing fools in in the height of his glory days. The well, ghost that prison. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah. Check it out. I the will. artwork looks a little funky, but uh, you know, that's another one of those things. The 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 Dark Horse Star Wars comics were another bastion of Star Wars light and hope in the galaxy in the early '90s, and oh man. That was another thing that was just amazing to see. Beautiful artwork, stunning covers. I know we've already talked about it, but she gets me wet every time. Mm. All right. Number five, the Han Solo trilogy. The Paradise Snare, the Hut Gambit, and Rebel Dawn. Now, these aren't the classic Han Solo books, like At Star's End. <laughs> the Del Rey books from, like, 1979. No, these ones are a little bit more recent than that, but... uh Hey, and they are amazing. That that is what I hear. So it follows Han from age six until he walks into the cantina to meet Luke Skywalker. That's how it ends. Like he, like him and Chewie, he's telling Chewie, like our luck can't be shit forever. And then they enter the most icy cantina. Hmm. Number four is Blood Ties: A Tale of Django and Boba Fett. Uh, it's kind of cool because obviously it takes place before Episode Two, before. Uh, Django Fett gets beheaded. Spoiler alert! And uh, what? It's yeah. You actually get to see Django Fett going out on a bounty. Boba Fett tang- tagging along, kind of like one of his first kills, kind of thing. And then fast forward decades in the future, uh, that first hunt that Boba Fett went on, it kind of comes around full circle. And there's something that kind of ties everything together plot wise, whether it's who he's after, who he's hunting after, that kind of thing. But um, it's kind of this fun father tale, father son tale, that uh, you know you gotta love those Mandalorians. So the more the merrier. Yeah, the Mandalorians are pretty cool. They're pretty dope. Now number three is near and dear to my heart, and I've already talked about it. Shadows of the Empire. It's all about Shizor trying to get in Leia's pants. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Emitting his crazy lizard pheromones. Yeah, do they say, it, are they given a nod to just in general Shadows of the Empire? Is it the book slash game slash? The, the, book, the book specifically. Because okay. um, these are all things that you should read. But I mean, there's a comic oh, adaptation of it. Uh, the, the video games were amazing. 
like I said, the soundtrack was even pretty cool. <laughs> point point of reference, the guy who did the soundtrack for, uh, I, I believe his name was Joel McNeely. He did a lot of the music for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which is why he was on my radar. And then when all of a sudden he got pulled into the Star Wars mix, oh yeah. Had a big old nerd boner for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you did. Number two, and this is a, a new series from Dark Horse Comics just called Star Wars, and it's just kind of like the further adventures of, uh, of all the original heroes. And uh, it takes place mostly after episode four, after the, uh, the Death Star's destruction, and it just kind of follows their misadventures. Uh, heck, I think the series has been going on for like a year and a half now. This particular one is just called Star Wars, but it, it feels a lot like the original trilogy, so it comes very highly recommended for something that even a casual Star Wars fan can pick up and enjoy. And then number one, this is no surprise at all, the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. And uh, if I were to say to anybody, if you could just read one series of Star Wars books that would be the one to read. And, I would uh, echo that sentiment wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah, it's just great, great, truly amazing stuff. Whether or not it gets completely shattered by the new movies, doesn't matter, still totally worth reading, and it will make you all excited sitting there flipping the page uh, because it's it's just like it's just like reading more original Star Wars movies. It doesn't get that and that kind of feeling doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I I'd agree. I would agree that I mean the tone is just like the movies, and the characters are written with such care and love. And you know they are. You can easily picture the characters from the movie saying what they're saying, their dialogue, and acting in the way they are in the book. And you know that's 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 a rare combination in you know fiction based off of established properties is you know getting that tone right. And Timothy Zahn just destroys it. He's awesome. And that's Thrawn is not God. <laughs> But he, he might be the king of kings. <laughs> he, he we we don't know. We didn't ask. He rocks. He t- he he, but he definitely rocks. He's, he's got does. a guitar. He, he's an air guitar in space. That's right. Kind of like Jedi rocks. Ooh, don't, don't say that. But with less CGI. So do we have a game today? Obviously, we're doing a Star Wars theme here. And I thought, you know, it'd be fun to just do a little bit of Star Wars trivia. You know, there's nothing in here that's super complicated. This is just all for fun. You know, these are all questions that you would find in your normal trivial pursuit. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask a question. If When you know the answer, just shout it out. I am going to forewarn you, though, there are four special questions on here to where the answer is not just one word. It's a, there's, there's multiple choices. And so on those ones, when you answer, you're just going to say your name, and then I'll call on you, and then you can answer it. But I'll let you know ahead of time when those questions come up. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, what? Exactly. Okay, so let's get started. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Nope. No. I don't know anything about Star Wars. All right, well, I bet you get this first one. R2-D2 is what kind of droid? Astromech droid. All right, Justin, on the board with one, lightning quick. Number two, what is the capital of the Republic during the prequels? Coruscant. All right, Justin, on your shit. What species is Bib Fortuna? Jabba the Hutt. Alien. Twi'lek. Uh, Randy on the board with Twi'lek. All right. All right. Now, this is one of those special questions. Don't, bl- don't blurt out the answer. <laughs> blurt out your name when you know the answer, okay? Name three of the bounty hunters we see in Empire Strikes Back. All right, Randy. 
Boba Fett, Dengar, IG-88, Zuckus, Forlom. I'm going to name all of them because fuck you. And that's all six <laughs> oh, of them. All right. Good job, Randy. <laughs> Randy gets it. Still only one point. Bonus points. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we're back to the normal game here. Just shout out the answer. What color is Bantha Milk? Oh, 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 oh. Blue. Blue. Ah, oh, Randy. I heard first. All right. Who created the Sith Rule of Two? Uh, Justin, or Darth Bane. Perfect. I'll take, I'll take both of them. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I did, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is another name for a Tuscan Raider? Sand person. Sand, sand people. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Randy. Good job. All right. This is another one where you're going to shout out your name, okay? Shout out your name. Name three of the four Rebel fighter classes used during the original Randy. trilogy. Hey, Randy. Got A-wing, B-wing, X-wing. All right. What's the fourth one for fun? Uh, Y wing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, those are some. Right. They know their alphabets. Those rebels. <laughs> All right. Back to normal. To shout out the answer when you know it. What was Luke's call sign during the Battle of Yavin? Red five. Red five. Standing by. All right. What is Count Dooku's Sith name? Uh, just. Uh, Tyrannus. Oh, just... Yeah. Sorry. I thought well, he, I thought he was gonna guess, so I, I stopped. Uh, all right, <laughs> you can have that. No problem. Name Princess Leia's adoptive father. Uh, Bill Organa. All right, her Justin there. All right, shout out your name for this one. It's another one of those fun multiple answers. Name three of the four Imperial Tie classes. Randy. All right. Uh, tie Advanced, Tie Interceptor, Tie Bomber. All right. What's What's the fourth one, Randy? Just Tie Fighter. That's right. That's a boring one. <laughs> all right. One shit. All right. Almost done here. Who played Anakin Solo in The Phantom Menace? I'm oh, sorry. Who played Anakin Skywalker? In <laughs> what? Aiden Christensen. Uh, Jake played... Lloyd. There you go. Jake Lloyd. Oh, in The Phantom Menace. I missed that. Just sorry. <laughs> All right. What? Solo, is, is, that, is that like some, some, some sort of hidden Easter egg I didn't know about? My bad. I know. So. I was like, wait. How did he go back in time? <laughs> What's the highest grossing Star Wars film of all time? Phantom Menace. Adam Menace. Good job, Justin. And last one, it's uh, Shout Your Name. It's got multiple answers. Which three Jedi spirits does Luke Skywalker Randy. see? Shit. Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. Good job. Randy got ten. Justin got five. Amanda hates Star Wars. I don't hate Star Wars. But she got Y-Wing. Not invested in that's, it. That's true. I she guessed Y-Wing. <laughs> I also guessed Blue for the milk. Oh, yeah? Well, you were right on Just both seemed, counts. like, logical so answer. you're a great guesser. My milk's blue. Yeah. Hmm. You should probably take it back to the store then. Yeah. I got a blue milk mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it tastes terrible. That's what <laughs> Mark Hamill said. Well, that was fun. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to add, or you guys all just want to go to bed? Uh, I think I can go to bed. Oh, yeah? Well, cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another fun episode of the Geek Legacy Podcast. Hope you enjoyed listening to us ramble about Star Wars. I know I enjoyed it, and it sounds like uh, these three jokers enjoyed it too. Uh, make sure to listen to all the other podcasts in the Geek Legacy Network. Got the Pixelated Podcast with Justin and Stephen James, and they just go at it like just rabid dogs all the time. There's like arm wrestling and like fighting. Uh, then we got the Comic Corner Podcast with uh, Jeff and Tyler, where they talk about comics on their poll list. And um, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, heck, check out the site, geeklegacy.com, for all your geek news and reviews. 